0: welcome to day 10 of 12 for my 12 days of biohacking gifts today is all about inside tracker inside tracker is one of my favorite at-home tests to use they come to your house to take your blood and they test for 43 different biomarkers so hormones vitamins minerals everything like that and they also do a test called inner age 2.0 which calculates your biological age I love this test. I think it's so fascinating. It pairs with their app and then they give you a bunch of different recommendations, including lifestyle recommendations, food, nutrition, supplements, different things that can really help reduce your biological age and also help you depending on what your biomarkers said. So typically with Inside Tracker, I get tested every quarter and I can kind of track some of my hormones, them a bit. Concerned about, or things like my vitamin D levels to make sure that what I'm doing on a day to day basis is actually helpful and making me healthier. If you would like to win an inside tracker ultimate test and the inner age 2.0 test, which again is your biological age, you can do so through my Instagram account. The giveaway is now live. And it will be open for seven days. So go ahead, I will link to it below. And I will also put the link to Inside Tracker below in the show notes. And as well, put my discount code if you want to buy this for yourself or for a loved one this holiday season. And come back tomorrow for day 11 out of 12 for 12 days of biohacking gifts. Okay, welcome to another day of 12 days of biohacking gifts. Today we are featuring Inside Tracker, which is a company that I have been working with for I don't know, maybe 2 years at this point and I've had multiple tests done by them. But we, before we get into any of that, Michelle, welcome. I cannot wait to talk to you about this today. Awesome. Thanks thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So for people who've never heard of Inside Tracker, how would you explain it?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Inside Tracker is basically a health analysis and human optimization company. So, what that means is that we take data from all of these different inputs and then basically aggregate it, track it over time, and then give people recommendations on ways that they can improve their health. So, what that actually means, kind of in if we're talking logistics, we aggregate data from a couple of different places. So, one being blood biomarkers, DNA, so any of your genetic predispositions, and then activity data from wearables, and then also user generated health data from health profiles and different questionnaires. So basically what Inside Tracker does is it takes all of this data. You don't need to have all of these specific inputs, but if there's any of these that are interesting, like if you wanted to do blood DNA and if maybe you don't have a wearable device, that's okay too. But what Inside Tracker does is it takes all of this data. It's kind of tracking your trends over time, showing you different interpretations about what these levels might mean for you based on all of your inputs. And then really what it is is it's giving you recommendations on how to improve all of these biometrics, all with the goal of empowering
0: people to live healthier longer lives. Nice. Yeah. I love that. I love that explanation. It's honestly, it's a lot of data in general when you do these tests and like, it's really helpful because it's like a snapshot of where we are in life. And obviously it can change the decisions that we make about like supplementation and nutrition. But when people come to you as a registered dietitian and say like, I don't know what to do with all of this data, like where do you recommend people start once they've been tested with Inside Tracker?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think when people get tested, I know it's hard because it's like, sometimes it can be so much data and like Mm -hmm. for somebody who's maybe a little bit newer to the kind of like the process, or maybe has just started to think about their health, it can be sometimes overwhelming. But what I can say is that with the app, you can really kind of tailor your specific plan to what to your specific needs. So you might see that you have like different 20 different recommendations of things that you could do to start to improve your health. But you can also whittle that down into maybe like the top three or five that might be attainable within the next three months. So it's very, the action plan is very customizable in that way. So hopefully that it's not as overwhelming Mm -hmm. as kind of like, oh, you need to do these 20 things. And what I really do find too, is that when people are kind of new to that process and they see all of this data, it really is helpful to just start to incorporate a couple of things. So kind of just thinking about what that low hanging fruit is. And what's really cool too about the app is that it basically orders all of the recommendations for you in order of like the highest impact for your specific health to the lowest. So what that means is like those recommendations that bubble up to the top are the ones that can really have the biggest impact on you if you start to start to incorporate those. So that would be just based on like the number of biomarkers that they can improve. It's going to be completely different for everybody since it is quite personalized. But what I will say is that some of the things that I think make the biggest impact are often the most simple and they can oftentimes be overlooked. So I would say even just things like if you're just kind of monitoring your sleep quality, thinking about how you're handling different stress levels, and then just kind of thinking about what like 80% of the time, what are your meals looking like? I would say some of those are kind of just those like low hanging fruit that are super Mm -hmm. impactful and can be a good place to start.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, even when I've been tested, the top recommendations are always super interesting because like you said, like they have the biggest impact and you Mm -hmm. can also change like your goal as well, whether it's like sleep optimization, more energy or, Exercise your workout focus, and then it's going to change the recommendations based off of the data that you received from your tests. So it's really personal, which I love and is probably why, like, I love working with inside tracker and I've been tested so many times, but I've always wondered why there are specific biomarkers that you test and not other ones. So you test for like 43 different biomarkers, and this includes like different vitamins and mineral levels, but there are some things that you don't test for. So I'm just curious, like, even if you know, like why those ones were curated and some were left out. Yeah, that's a great question. So
1: all of the markers that are in the panel are there are very purposeful. So what I can say is there's three different criteria that a biomarker needs to meet to be in our platform. So the number one kind of thing that we're looking at is, is to make sure that there's peer-reviewed science to show that there are specific interventions that can help to improve that specific biomarker level. So let's say a certain biomarker is suboptimal, but really the only thing that can help to improve it is speaking with a physician or a specific medication that would be outside of our scope. So then that wouldn't be a marker that we have in our panel, Mm -hmm. but the ones that we do have are ones that are modifiable by either nutrition, supplement, lifestyle, or exercise, different habits. So that would be the first piece. And I would say probably our kind of our main criteria since we are, we do love to like have all of this data and stuff, but we really do want to empower people to live healthier, longer lives by telling them how they can improve some of these biomarkers. So that would be the first criteria. The second being that a certain amount of the pop of the population has it suboptimal. So we just want to make sure that we're measuring biomarkers that everyone pretty much would have optimized in the first place. It's really kind of trying to find these biomarkers that could be something that someone needs to work on.
0: Oh, um, interesting. So I would say that's, yeah. Yeah. Cause like you, you test for vitamin D, which is obviously very important. And so many people are really low in, and I really value getting my vitamin D tested, especially because I live in Canada and I'm on the West coast, it's raining all the time, but I've always wanted like my vitamin E levels tested or my vitamin A levels tested. And so I've always thought like, I wonder if you will ever bring more biomarkers to it one day in the future so that we can kind of have like a full comprehensive test. Yeah, it's definitely,
1: I can say that they're definitely in the works of having more markers more more memories in the panel. And especially as more research comes out. Yeah. 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 It's fun to have more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it is true though. It is like you said, like you can't when it's an at-home test, right. You can't like necessarily take all of these vials of blood and just test for everything from everybody. So I understand like the logistics and the business side of it as well as like, you're kind of limited in how much you can do and scale as well. So that also makes sense. I'm curious, like in your own journey, when you've been tested with Inside Tracker, like how many times have you been tested and did you have any surprising results that you didn't really know what were, that were actually going on for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that definitely. So I would say I've gotten tested. I should probably look, but it's definitely over 15 times. So oh. I've been with the company for almost five years. Yeah. So I have a ton of data to go nice. off of, but nice. yeah, it's been really fun to watch it change over time too. I think one of the big benefits of being able to do the blood analysis over time is like just seeing how everything has changed and you can kind of say like, all right, so I guess I did have that or I did that specific intervention or I did that kind of study on myself and this is what happened. So, so that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. I would say the thing that probably surprises me the most is always my cholesterol levels. So I was a vegetarian for 20 12 years. And so I just kind of was in my head, I'm like, all right, cholesterol, I've totally got that one down. But then yeah, when I've been looking at my looking more deeply into my results, and then I also got my DNA tested, um, I realized that my HDL cholesterol levels have just been kind of like quite low. And that's the good cholesterol, the one that you want to be able to raise, it's helpful for clearing LDL cholesterol, it's good for your heart. So I was kind of surprised of how low my levels were. And then actually, after a couple of different Um, Seeing that kind of be the case over time, avocados weren't really doing it, olive oil, you know, nuts and seeds, the plant-based sources of fats didn't really seem to move the needle for me. I got my DNA tested to see if maybe it was my genetics that were contributing to that lower HDL cholesterol level. And it turns out my genetics were actually on my side. So it was my genetics were basically saying that I should have had, I should have had optimal um, HDL cholesterol levels. So because I took all of this data, I actually started to incorporate fish and seafood back into my diet after like over 12 years. So but yeah, I'm so excited to finally see this number start moving in the right direction, which was super interesting. So I definitely wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have made that change if I didn't see all of that data over time. So yeah, uh, mm. it definitely was a catalyst for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. Have you thought about like supplementing with like cod liver oil or anything like that? Or are you only taking it from food sources? So I've been
1: starting with food sources just because Mm -hmm. I always, as a dietitian, I'm always kind of taking a food first approach too. So I'm like, all right, if I'm Mm -hmm. actively taking these foods out of my diet, maybe I can just add them back in and see. I also find that there's like, that sometimes those supplements, they just kind of like make me a little
0: nauseous too. So I'm like, let me just, let me just. Stick with food for this. Yeah. And then maybe I could build it, build up into that. Interesting. But, yeah. And were yeah. the recommendations like when your HDL was low, did the Inside Tracker app say, like, hey, incorporate more fish? Was that one of the top ones?
1: Yeah. So actually it's interesting. So we've kind of, and because I know like the back end of the system too, it's kind of interesting because we've thought about that too. Cause like sometimes when people follow specific dietary patterns, yeah. they don't necessarily want to hear that they should change that. Yeah. Um, but we kind of decided to flip that on its head, right? Where it's like, you can you, we're not saying that you have to do this if you really don't mm-hmm. want to incorporate fish there's other ways that you can do this but here's just what the science says here's what the research says and then you can kind of make an informed decision for yourself so yeah.
0: so it did tell me it, it told me to consider it and I did so yeah yeah that's interesting i'm glad that inside tracker is doing that i mean A lot of people are very dogmatic about their diets and like very, you know, it's like a cult, like whatever one you belong to. But I think it's really Mm -hmm. like important and interesting when we get data on our health that says like, Hey, even though you might believe this one thing, your biology actually says something different. And again, like consider it, you don't have to do it, but like maybe experiment and see how you react and see how you feel. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. And it was like, and I had tried a couple of different things first when those didn't work, then I tried something else. So it's kind of like just kind of that whole journey of just continuously trying to optimize.
0: So Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. So I know you also have like the inner age component of the ultimate test, which takes like certain biomarkers and then gives you like a biological age. So why did you choose, or not you, but like, why did Inside Tracker choose those specific biomarkers to be like, okay, this is actually what your biological age might be? Yeah,
1: great question. So with Interage, age, it basically takes all of these different biomarkers. So all the different forty three biomarkers that we tested inside Tracker. Basically, what the data science team did was they created this algorithm that said, all right, so which of these forty three biomarkers are most highly associated with aging in our population? So it's and we like to say too at Inside Tracker, we have we have a large data set of of generally healthy people, which is something that's very beneficial because when we look to the research, sometimes it's not always conducted in kind of that like healthier, health conscious population. So it was super interesting for the data science team to kind of come with this hypothesis and say, all right, which biomarkers are most highly correlated with aging within this own kind of ecosystem? And what they found was that in men, there were 17 biomarkers. And then in biological women, there were 13 biomarkers that were associated with aging. Um, so that's kind of like the yeah. mechanism behind which biomarkers were chosen there. And it's interesting. So with your inner age too, you get like There's all these like algorithms and things happening behind the scenes. But what I really like is that it's kind of delivered as just kind of a very simple score. So it's Mm -hmm. saying, all right, so this is your chronological age. So this is where you like how many birthdays you've had and here's your biological age or how
0: your body's aging on the inside. And it's it's a nice to compare. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too. Like when you actually go on the dashboard and like go through your report, when you look at your inner age, because it'll say it'll go through those like 13 biomarkers and it'll show you how many years it's adding or taking away from your life. So if you like your result is let's say higher, you could actually go through them and be like okay, out of these 13 biomarkers, this specific one is actually contributing the most to this my biological age being higher. So whenever I do mine, I always go through it because I'm so curious of like even though my results always lower, like how can I get it even better and which Specific biomarkers should I focus on to move the needle, rather than just trying to focus on right. all thirteen, which would be very difficult.
1: Right. No, I totally agree. I think it's nice to be able to see which ones are contributing the most, and then you're kind of, all right. How can we move the needle in the right direction? Step yeah. by step.
0: Yeah, exactly. Are people ever surprised, like when they get their results from InnerAge? You get like customer feedback that's like good or bad about that. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting
1: because when you present something as a score, I think people get like competitive with themselves Mm -hmm. about it too, which is super interesting. I think it really kind of sparks that, that competitive nature in people, which is always really fun to hear about because I think people really do take it as like, okay, so this is, I thought I was doing like probably one of the most common things I hear is I thought I was doing all the right things for my health, but then Mm -hmm. I realized that my inner age was older than my chronological age. And I think I need to do something a little bit different. So um, it's super interesting. Like when people, when people find that out. And then of course, when they find out that their inner age is lower than their chronological age, then they, it's nice. It's a nice like validating feeling too, that a lot of those interventions that they're doing really are contributing to their health.
0: Yeah. Do you have any, and like, I don't even know if you'd be allowed to share, but do you have any data that says like from everyone who has been tested with inner age, like typically women are on the lower side and men are on the higher side or people who are vegetarian, typically have a lower biological age from our testing. Do you have any like sort of conclusions yet?
1: Yeah, that's super interesting. So we don't have kind of those like those like higher level conclusions quite yet, Mm -hmm. but it's something that we're definitely researching just because it's super interesting to be able to see almost like kind of almost like the success of the test too, and just see how that's performing. But what we can see is the contribution of specific biomarkers to inner age. So basically what I mean by that is that we can see which specific biomarkers are either raising inner age or lowering inner age in our whole population, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. So at, at the biomarker level. So it's interesting. I think the ones that I'm always kind of the most surprised about are the blood glucose and HbA1c. Just because we know that those two are so kind of correlated with how well our body's aging, our metabolic health, all of that. So it's super interesting to see like those kind of that breakdown.
0: Yeah. So with those specific ones, is it increasing people's inner age because it's too high
1: like it's the, the trend, trend that,
0: that you see. Yeah. It's actually the opposite, which, which is
1: super hmm. cool. So we, so what we actually see is that in our population, we have, I think it, I want to say HBA c was contributing to lowering inner age and in I believe 56% of adults. So it was like huh. just over that 50% mark, which is really cool. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think the like that one is always routinely checked by doctors and yeah. maybe people are used to hearing more about those markers. So that could be one just kind of hypothesis, but yeah, it's yeah. really cool to be
0: able to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting too, though, because like I feel like people who do inside tracker are on their health journey already. Whereas mm-hmm. like it would be really interesting to like get a general population to do it and then look at the data comparison because like everyone I know who's done inside tracker are like biohackers, nutritionists, you know, like really healthy people. So yeah, I yeah, I guess that makes sense like kind of when you look at it like from a demographic standpoint like that yeah no, I agree. It'd be I love comparisons, so that would be super interesting, yeah, yeah, and I and I mean, of course, like even if it's just internal because I think if you start to make claims about certain trends that you see, it might not be great to like publicly disclose that. if you see that like vegetarians naturally have a lower biological age through your testing than people who are like carnivores, I don't know. I don't know how people would take that and that type of thing, although I would find that very interesting to know, and I'm sure you would too, but yeah, that's really cool. And so have you had your inner age tested multiple times as well then? I have.
1: Yeah. So I've been tracking that over the last few years, which has been super interesting. And that's actually how I kind of got interested in trying to figure out how to raise my HDL cholesterol. So basically, so HDL cholesterol is not in um, inner age for me, but it's but LDL cholesterol is. And so LDL cholesterol again is the one that you want to try to lower HDL, having more HDL cholesterol can help to clear some of that LDL cholesterol. So I was noticing that I was able to like slowly start to lower my LDL, but I really kind of wanted something to kind of do a couple of things, in. and so then by trying to lower my LDL, I was trying to raise my HDL. So I was trying to kind of like mm. hack the system, hack it for myself. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, that's one that always ends up contributing more years to my age, which is yeah um,
0: something I want to something I've been working on. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I also find it interesting, like when I get tested within my menstrual cycle, and I always try and take note of when I get tested because I've done it at like right before my period versus right around ovulation. And right. it really does impact like the different hormone levels, the different stress that I'm feeling. And so if you're female and you have a menstrual cycle, like obviously I think trying to get tested the same time If you're going to retest is so important because otherwise when you're comparing the data, it's really difficult to like make conclusions about yourself.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And that's exactly what we recommend. So we do recommend trying at as best as you can trying to test at that similar point in the menstrual cycle so we can almost kind of compare it like the apples to apples in that way. Yeah.
0: Would you say there's like an optimal time within your menstrual cycle of when you should get tested? I don't believe that
1: there is a, like a specific time that's best. Mm-hmm. I think as long as it's
0: kind of consistent over time, that's typically what we recommend. Yeah. And probably not on your period because you're already losing blood and like, it wouldn't be great to lose more blood <laughs> right, right, the blood right before the test. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah fair. exactly. So if people are listening to this and they're like super intrigued, is there anything else that you would add for like why you should get tested and how this can really support people on their health journey? Yeah, definitely.
1: I think basically what I would just say is that being able to test your blood biomarkers is one of the most kind of scientifically valid ways to monitor your health status. So when we're looking at when we're looking at the literature, there's just so much literature on blood biomarkers and kind of those interventions that can help to improve them. So I would say if you are kind of on this health journey, you're really wanting to know either where to start, or you've already been on this health journey, and you want to know kind of like what extra thing you can add or subtract to get you to the next level. I really do think that monitoring your blood over time is a great way to make those changes and kind of tell you what you need to be doing.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I really support like people testing and not guessing like test, don't guess, right. And then make decisions about what supplements to buy or what foods to eat. Because so many times people are just like blindly following different recommendations or buying different things that they see online without actually being like, okay, what are my vitamin D levels or what are my levels in my body? And what do I really actually need to be taking to support my health? Not just like something that some influencer was like, yeah, take this thing and then you buy it. you know? Right. No, I totally
1: agree. I think especially when you're incorporating any sort of supplements, I think that blood analysis is very, very important because everyone's body is different. The rate at which you absorb different nutrients is completely different. So definitely important to monitor your blood. Exactly.
0: Well, awesome. This has been great. Thank you so much for speaking on behalf of Inside Tracker. And I cannot wait to give this away, give away the ultimate test. It will be on my Instagram if it's not on there already. And anyone can enter in North America.